to Amuna is our future with universal awareness. Very excited today to be here with you, just making sure everything is working. We are not in the studio. We do apologize, but uh, thankfully we have the opportunity to go live in my home. Thank God, being that we are now era of Rosh Hashanah, this is a different time period that we are finding ourselves. And I appreciate very much everyone who makes it here on a weekly level. Our Monday weekly Amunah is our future class and universal awareness is crucial to our development as a human being, as someone who is living in a generation that we are able to have the merit to live in. On the spiritual level, this generation has a tremendous opportunity for all of us. It's not always known by people, but this is the generation that can make the difference. Where, as they say in Hebrew, the Makkabah Patish, we have the opportunity to elevate and transform this world to a place, a dwelling of spirituality and universal love. It's our power and precedence from all the generations before. We are a continuation of their legacy. And you and I, being that we are communicating weekly, have the merit together to develop understandings, what will bring the world to its tikkun. We call it tikkun olam. In a spiritual level, we call it Yemosa Mashiach or the Yom Shekulu Shabbos, the day which is always going to be a day of disconnect, to reconnect, to truly connect. And this is a time that we are in right now, Elul, two weeks or less than two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. In fact, two weeks tonight will be the Lel Rosh Hashanah, the first night. I'm happy to see some of my Australian friends are reaching out. And being that we're at that time, which we call Erev, the, the day before, the night before, the, the preceding time period, before this special new year of Tafshin pay base, it's the 5,782nd year in the Jewish calendar, which is a profound time, it begins with a base. Yes, Shalom from Dan Under, someone's just reached out. Remember, we always welcome your feedback. Universal awareness has a lot of deep, profound effects on the year that's about to come. Not only the Jewish calendar is it spiritually a Shemitah year, but which means that we disconnect from from working in the lands and we have more of a year, not just in, in Eretz Israel, not just when it comes to spiritually that it's in a different level, but also practically there's a Shemitah and all the laws and we hopefully encourage everyone to check that out. It would be a nice idea, someone did recommend, if we could have some DHC Shemitah classes. So everyone here is welcome to give that a boost. So we can have Rav Dain Elgar back in the Shemitah classes and really understand what it's all about this year that we're about to enter. And also to remember that this whole year is, is filled with opportunities for us to transform ourselves and the world around us. Because remember, right now, we've gone through a very difficult year and a half or longer with the Corona challenge. And the challenges are not alleviating. They're still there. So we need as much clarity in our life when there's so much confusion so that we can guide ourselves and have the right value system, goals, dreams, vision of what our life is about, what this year to come is about, what we're here to pray for, 
we have the power of tefillah, of tefillah's kolpeh, and also the heart, Rahman boy. Our Creator wants our heart. Someone here is saying, Baruch Hashem Raveli from Pixville, MD, USA. Simcha, Simcha, Simcha. Yes, we have to have that Simcha. Thank you so much. This is David Avram. Such an honor to have you here. Um, a lot of people, thank God, have been reaching out to me on WhatsApp recently. And the good news is it looks like, um, thank God, have a partner, a sponsorship to get me to Uman. So Uman Rosh Hashanah is looking very likely that I'll hopefully be in the Ukraine, not you know, 100% decided, but I thank God there's someone there who wants me to be there enough, and there's flights available, so it would be an opportunity to be there with all the wonderful people, and obviously to be there, Rabbi Nachman ben Fager, Rabbi Nachman ben Simcha, I hope I'll be able to do one more class next week, and then also after that, yes, you can look me up, no problem, after that we have the opportunity to then Please God, resume our weekly Amuna class with Rav Shalom Arash and our wonderful guests. We were hopefully going to be having Judah Michelle this year, but we ended off the year with just a pure class from Rav Arash, and we'll have to resume that opportunity hopefully in the new year. So once again, you are able to partner with our Amuna tour. Amuna tour is looking to take place in October, the middle of October. Be going to Miami, to New York. There's been requests also from Scottsdale. Some other locations are interested in hosting the Rav. But right now, it's looking like those are the two main places. Miami, New York. Hopefully we'll be able to do an event. Everyone should keep praying this year. We've got Roshani Yom Kippur Sukkot. You shouldn't think that what's been decided by governments is fixed. It's what's decided during these special times that we're in now with Elul preparing the Yom Adin and Yom Judgment, for hopefully only for the good, for Tukisei Rachamim, to, to a time of mercy. So let's delve into now the title of the class, Universal Awareness, and how this can help us right now. And I want to enlist some sources. Usually I don't quote sources. I, thank God, have the opportunity to prepare the class a little bit in my mind, and hopefully with all the different lessons we get from Avorish and all the other wonderful speakers, and Rabonim, and online podcasts, I get a lot of inspiration from all the posting, and thank God for my soulmate, the Relationship Flow podcast, which we put below, you can check out in the description, and also the Unity Flow podcast, get a lot of inspiration from all those speakers and people we work with here, thank God, and many of the guests we've had, and check it out for Unity Bookings, you can bring them to your community. Someone just reached out to me from Australia. This is a very universal concept that unfortunately they're in lockdown for over 100 days. And they're wanting to host Nissan Black and Aitan Katz and hopefully some other people. Um, but just to give themselves some inspiration, some chizuk, some air to breathe after being in a whole long period of lockdown, which, you know, once again, I'm not in the place to be political or to give any opinion, but it does seem like the world is going in the wrong direction in terms of a very totalitarian focus or way of forcing people to do things with the vaccination and with the uh, checking with antibodies and all the different forced new legislation that's going on throughout the world. And this is something which, you know, which is coming in a very extreme way. It doesn't come from people, unfortunately, that we fully trust based on the way it's been 
given over through the media's control. So we're in a difficult situation with all this in the background. And remember, before Corona Challenge, there was plenty of other challenges. You know, Roy used to, to talk about it in our Muna classes about how there's people, you know, all kinds of challenges of, and the questions we get and the people reach out, challenges with income and economic challenges and educational challenges and shalom bias, relationship challenges and health challenges. And now this Corona thing, it seems like sort of taken over the discussion, but it's not it's not worthy of that being that there's so much more important crucial focuses that we need to have especially with the value system we shouldn't let this distract us from universal principles that should affect the kind of policies that governments are making it's almost a distraction like the whole racial thing or the whole without getting political but the whole uh, gender equality thing everything going on is distractions from what we're here to do in this world, a certain mission that we all have, and our souls were given that opportunity. I wrote about it in my United Souls book, and I'm talking about it in my United Souls course, which you can once again go to the description below, sign up for the next interactive course. So what are these universal principles? So for me, the most profound book that I came across that's not Jewish was Stephen Covey, and it was a big thanks to my friend Shmuel Diamond. He has also classes, people call him Rabbi Shmuel Diamond, you can check him out. And he also encouraged me to think about them in a spiritual way, and I have. I actually did a course of the 10 Habits of Truly Effective People, where I took Stephen Covey's habits and brought them into a 10 habit level, which is connected to the 10 commandments, the 10 levels, we are holding, thank God, at a level of ESSA, of binary. You know, my son, as I mentioned, is in Yeshiva, in the United Souls course, I was mentioning, he just joined a new program, and they're learning their computers, and thank God, you know, there are Yeshivas in Israel now, and Eretz HaKodesh, in the Holy Land, which are giving people much fuller education, and my son's one of those fortunate people, and he just joined, and he was telling me about the binary aspects, and this idea of one and zero, and also the amount of storage and all the different levels and levels of how it's going up and up and up, the capabilities. We have to be aware of this technological explosion. We have to remember that with all the technology and technology and all the developments and all the innovation and all the situations we find are challenging us, that we have to maintain a value system. We have to maintain a shtavus, as it's called. It's the sixth level in terms of these six weeks for now Pasha's Kisaba. Last week, Pasha's Kisei said we didn't mention it, but we were talking about strategies of war. That was the point. Last week's Pasha, we went out to war. This week's Pasha now, we're coming to our land, to the Holy Land. And we have to understand that there's, there's values that we bring with us wherever we go. There's values drawing us to the Holy Land. There's values giving us guidance in our daily life for the whole world. For the world to come to its completion, for the world to come to a, to a more elevated and higher level understanding, a bigger level consciousness. This is with thought and understanding and analysis and comparing different universal principles. You take Stephen Covey's wonderful book and he ended up, I think, at the end of his life with eight habits. Like I said, I took it to ten. And you bring it into Torah. Another example, someone's wishing us a blessing. Thank you so much, Jason. We appreciate your feedback. 
the power to learn and bring out these universal principles, there was no bigger force than this many generations in the Jewish world as Lubavitcher Rebbe, as the Chabad Rebbe. Obviously, Rav Shalom Arish is a continuation of that with Rabbi Nachman's Torah, but the inspiration initially was Lubavitcher Rebbe, even the brought Rav Arish Bright, like we talked about before, through Yitzhak Ginsburg, who's someone who we would have loved to brought to the studio and hopefully will in the new year. He was one of the first teachers from Rav Shalom Arish. The idea that Chabad Rebbe and Chabad Chassidus understood that there's the seven mitzvahs b'nei noach, that there's the Noahite laws. These are universal principles that I myself, being learning in yeshiva and learning in kollel many years, learning and, and one time someone reached out and asked me if I would create a blog and a site for the Noahite laws. I looked into it and I didn't end up doing it for that person, it was personal person but it was very educational just to see the amount of information online. It's something which people, you know, hopefully if it's from a good source, you can bring that in. But the Babcha Rebbe was innovating that the whole world needs to, again, know these seven Noahite principles. And that includes the Jewish people, obviously, as well, because our job is to be all agoyim, is to be a light to the nations. And one of the things that will change and give us clarity to this world that we're in right now is that the Jewish people are functioning as that mission, that we are doing our purpose of bringing universal principles and universal awareness. Because remember, awareness gives us the ability to have clarity and not to hide things, not to cover up, but to be aware of the truth of reality, to be aware of really what's going on. Imagine if we all had real clarity, really what was going on with this whole Corona challenge that we're in, that all the information was transparent and trustworthy. It would be a different level of experience. The fear would dissipate, which in a way is showing that the fear is being used to control. And the lack of information and the, the lack of awareness is an issue. And we have to go about doing something about that, making sure that there's awareness, so we're not in a state of fear or confusion. That we're clear about if we need to go somewhere, that we can go there. Like if we want to travel to Uman, please go, which I hope to be doing, that we're clear what we're up against. There shouldn't be that fear at play. It should be a clear process of doing this and doing this and doing this. And it shouldn't be unexpected rules that come out of nowhere that aren't even logical and make no sense. And remember that we're human beings together, that people shouldn't be penalizing each other. We're here to help each other, benefit each other. Governments and, and are there to serve us, not to, for us to serve them, God forbid. We're not enslaved. We're here to be free. The idea of true freedom, that's the shofar, the draw. It blows the shofar in the land. The land of Israel is meant to be a place of freedom, not a place filled with rules and restrictions. And even if they say it's for our own benefit, but the clarity, the awareness, the transparency, the love and the warmth and the brotherhood and the sisterhood and the connection of humanity, this is the kind of energy and light we need to be putting out to the world. Not be, God forbid, guinea pigs for people to take the data of what they suppose are data and use for their own benefit. This is the kind of conflict we're in. So when we come to this land, Kisabo, this partial, and we come with gratitude, this is an attitude of gratitude we spoke last week, this is one of the weapons of war to have with thanks and appreciation and positive value. This is the kind of mindset that we have, Parshas Bakurim, where we bring the first fruits and we praise Hashem 
for the fact that God, the Creator is giving this bountifulness on a daily level in this holy land, and this bountifulness in our lives, the bountifulness of clarity, of awareness. This is the kind of light we need to give over. So what were the seven mitzvahs B'nai Noach? Let's get to it. So my friend brought down, uh, you know, I did my own research, and there comes as a Tosefta, and there's a, in the Gemara, and the Talmud, there's lots of different Mekoyos and sources for all the different parts of the seven mitzvahs B'nai Noach are brought down in different orders and different ways of understanding. But we're going to go with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, since he was the one most innovative with these seven mitzvahs B'nai Noach in our recent generations. And he brings an order in Lechutisichot, you can see it down below, I put it in the uh, in the YouTube and Facebook live feed, uh, the Facebook not yet, but I will be putting it there as well. But the YouTube live feed is there, the link's there in the Facebook as well, so you can see it on the YouTube. And it says over there, Shalom and good morning, yes, thank you. First one is not to curse God. Don't make Kilul Hashem. You're not allowed to curse our Creator. That in itself is one with this whole Pasha of Kitsavo, Bukurim. And it's really the climax. It's the 50th time. You see, it's I'm going out of Egypt, is mentioned, which is this 50th level of Tshuva, Nunshari Bin and Nunshari Tshuva. This is the Pasha which brings us clarity of how powerful gratitude is. We hold the whole Agada, the whole Seder night, Pesach, the whole going out of slavery into freedom, into a mindset of freedom is at the beginning of this Pasha with the Pasha's Bukurim is that's the skeleton, the, the essence of the Haggadah of thanking Hashem and that goes together with the first mitzvah of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, not to curse God don't make kilo Hashem, not to have you know, it's, it's a negative way, but not to, God forbid, curse Hashem who does so much kindness not to throw back it, so in terms of Stephen Covey's principles it's the idea of being proactive. And that's what gives us a human humanness. What makes us human is that we're able to be proactive, not reactive. We're able to have appreciation, gratitude, to be godly and kind. That's the first habit. That would be the first commandment. They go together. And that's the idea of bringing these universal principles into practical, real-life business models, family models, how to live successfully and effectively, to be proactive is a powerful tool. We know that a lot of it, of the proactive habit was based on examples from people like Viktor Frankl who went through the Holocaust. Or any other kinds of challenges we're going through are now, now. Not to be reactive to this challenge we're going through now. Excuse me, but to be proactive. The second commandment for the seven nits has been a no, not to worship idols. Yeah? No avodazor in Hebrew. End in mind. Stephen Covey, yeah, mission statements, goals, dreams, clarity, that's the second important universal principle, that you don't go worship false gods, you don't worship false forces, you don't worship the dollar, you don't worship the stock market, you don't worship your business, you don't worship your boss, you don't worship your, your idol, music guy, whoever it is, music woman, whatever it is, you don't worship people or things or anything. We're never subservient to anything other than that there's one united Hashem Achad, that there's one united creation and one God, and that's the only force that we worship. This is the idea of end in mind. If you have that clarity of your mission statement, is you have a mission. There's someone, Mishaleach, who's sending you to do your shlichot. There's someone who's a creator, and you're only in this world to do that mission for that 
purpose of bringing one Hashem into the world. And that's clarity. They put that into everything in your life. When you make your mission statement, for me personally, it's to bring about unity and united souls. So that idea of revealing the soul level more and more so that we can become more spiritualized and more with Amuna and more with oneness and Hashem. So that's the second commandment. The third commandment. Excuse me if this is a bit of a long class, but it's an important concept. The third point is to establish courts of justice, make bate dinim. So the way my friend kindly, Rabbi Shmuel Diamond, explained is connecting to Stephen Covey's first things first is the idea of understanding where you're being urgent or you are prioritizing correctly. And the idea of Stephen Covey was to have different quadrants, you can go learn it over there. But for me personally, it's about effectiveness in time. Being effective with the time we have. Like today we started half an hour late. I had to, you know, deal with something in the home. So I apologize. But that's about being effective at times. So in the meanwhile, I was doing different things. Hopefully my real goal is that things should be on time and my relationship should be solid and positive. That would be my ideal. That my goals and my dreams and everything has a time and a place. Even to go to Uman for me is, is a challenge because I, one of my priorities is family first. And I spoke about that in the Relationship Flow podcast, that on a soul level, we're always united. And it's just a matter of emotionally bringing the comfort and physically bringing the comfort that when a husband does have to go away, to be by a sadik or for business or for different reasons, it should be in an effective way. And you should use your time there effectively. You know, we were saying to my son, who's an Uman now, that he has opportunities while he's there not to you know waste his time in the other things going on but to be focused with the good people and the good business and the good networking and the opportunity to learn and grow and pray by the sea of Rabbi Nachman ben Fager. Yes, no apologies. Oh, so this person saying that he finished Shachris, he finished his morning prayers and the lateness of my class gave him opportunity to join just in time. So everything was divine, designed from Hashem, and that's exactly, you have to be flexible as well, and bring a muna into time management. Thank you for bringing that. I appreciate that, Yosef Dovodavam. The idea that you have to be bottle, nullified to the bigger will, which is Hashem's will. Okay, the fourth concept, not to commit murder. Don't murder. And this is the fourth commandment for the Mitzvah's B'nai Nayach, the seven of them officially. This is connected to win-win, according to Stephen Covey. So don't kill. <laughs> There's no obvious, or sorry, more obvious win-win than not killing someone. If you take away someone's livelihood on a certain level, which in a true sense you should never really be able to do because everyone's decided according to Rosh Hashanah and everyone's meant to get what they're meant to get. But if it seems like on some level you've taken away someone's livelihood, that is the opposite of win-win. We have to make sure we're here to empower, not to kill people by reducing their their success or we want people's success. Like I'm going to Uman, we want all the different organizations in Breslov to be successful or in the business world. We want all our other fellow influencers to grow and we want to encourage each other. And right now we can do that on these live feeds, give encouragement and we can give feedback, positivity to win-win, to really succeed together when you're in a business and you're making deals to want both parties to succeed, to come to a price and to a deal that really 
successful. And that would get rid of the tendencies for murder. Because you realize you can never take from anyone else. You're only here to benefit and serve other people and make the world into a better place. And that means bringing out the best of everyone around you. You build everyone around you, then you become even more. Your sort of influence goes up and you become a better, more successful person. It's a win-win mindset. And that gets rid of don't murder. The fifth commandment of the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach, and this is one of the toughest ones, not to commit adultery, bestiality, or sexual immorality. So Stephen Covey says, you have to seek to understand before being understood. I was just listening to Rabbi Lofsky, he actually brought it up. That to really listen to someone, and Shmuel Diamond, my friend, explained, it takes a lot of real understanding of the other person, getting rid of your own ways of thinking when you're talking to someone. We spoke about it in our United Souls course, the idea of truly listening. It's a very high level, really making room in yourself to really listen to the other person. You know, something which I know I need to work a lot on. And how does it connect into illicit relations, which is what the fifth commandment for the B'nai Nach to not do is? Because when someone listens, when I was explaining to, to Shmuel back when we were discussing it, the idea of chibur, dibur, connection, of speaking, that was connected to the first interaction between the snake and Chava. It was all about dibur and chibur. The, the snake, the Nachash, wanted to connect to Chava, to the first woman in the world. And they said that that idea of knowing someone, really understanding someone, that is a way of intimacy. And the snake was trying to be intimate with Chava. They needed to make that kilkul, that, that illicit relationship, because she was married to Adam. That was the first wedding of creation. Adam Arishan, the first man. And the idea is that by really knowing someone, that's really listening. Because to really understand intimacy, you can't get to intimacy. And we talk about it in a relationship flow podcast. You can't really get to those intimate levels without really listening. And this is why I've made the, the, uh, the photo on the front cover of this YouTube video. If you go to the YouTube link, I think it's on the Facebook as well. It has there a picture of myself with Lewis Howes. Lewis Howes is an influencer, one of the up-and-coming big influencers nowadays. And he was in Eretz Israel at a handball competition, and I went and met with him. And Lewis House and I were discussing relationships. I said to him, I'm praying for you to find your soulmate. And I mentioned this in United Souls course, which I did post, the, the, uh, at least the video or audio, but not the interactive part, that you'd have to sign up. I post, posted this concept from Lewis House that he is now engaging in relationships, that he won't be with the, intimate with a person for at least a year. This is what he said to a relationship coach. He understood now, for in order to really clarify who his soulmate is, who his person that he wants to be with for the rest of his life, is going to take a preventation on the intimate level. Because if you get intimate straight away, that becomes physical and you could be distracted. Like his previous relationship was someone who was very you know, physically powerful. I'm sure she was a lovely lady, emotionally, spiritual, all those other things. But, and culturally, maybe they didn't fully connect, but in order to understand that cultural and that intimate connection first, you have to really listen. You have to really get to know who they are. And then when you are intimate with them, or in the right way, like we have in our system of marriage and you know everything according to the Torah, 
they're really intimate in that way, it's a true intimacy of really knowing the other half, of really becoming one. And that would be a mitzvah for all the worlds, a principle for all the world, a universal awareness for all the world to stop abusing this area because you're not really knowing those people. Like all these people with the porn and I'm sorry to mention it here, but there are all the different online growing industry of superficial external relationships where you never get to know who these people are. It might not even be them. It's just a picture of them, but it could be some bot or some other person who's just doing it for, for money and you're never getting to know the real person. All these one night stands and dates and webs you know, all these online sites that bring people together in the wrong way where they're not really getting to know, there's no real soul connection. And it's taking this powerful force and using it in a, in a wasteful way. And it's causing heartbreak. And I do believe a lot of the, the world's challenges and problems come from a lack of true relationships. You know, you can just take all the stats, statistics out there, the single parent families and the, the lack of uh, un, united souls. And you can see how this fifth commandment is so important. I mean, all the more so if people are doing things with animals and terrible stuff, you know. So we have to really listen to understand and know who we are and who our soulmate is and who the person we're meant to be intimate with. And if we don't have that physical manifestation, we'll have it on an emotional, spiritual level. And that will be the key to feeling fulfilled in this way. So the sixth commandment, not to eat flesh torn from a living animal. Yeah, this is the sixth principle that Eva Menachai, live meat, so thankfully Shmuel Diamond explained it to me, the idea of taking a limb and eating it is the opposite of synergize, of Stephen Covey's concept of being synergizing. To be synergize means to join one plus one equals three, four, five, to go up multiples until we build this synergized force of humanity. You know, Joe Rogan's been talking about some interesting things on his podcast, and one of them was the idea that there's going to be this hive like this united mind. <laughs> I prefer to call it souls. Because soul, if I know it's a soul, a soul comes from our Creator, it's one with our Creator. So it's only going to have positive and godly attributes. Whereas a mind, there's lots of crazy minds out there. And if one of those minds is more powerful, intelligent, God forbid, if we all become your one united mind and that one mind dominates on all of them, it could lead the world to a very, this whole idea of Neuralinks, all this stuff going on with Elon Musk and things like that. It could lead the world down a very dangerous path. And that's why it's important that we get these principles clear. If we want to synergize, it has to be with the right principles that we're joining together for. There's all these movements out there, all these groups that have created a big mess this last year and a half and made a big noise online and created a lot of tension and destruction and all kinds of things. Instead, when you synergize, it goes back to the previous principles, like we said. It has to be based on kindness and being proactive. It's not about me dominating other people, so that wouldn't go together win-win. That would be murdering people or hurting people. And the idea of illicit relations, of, of taking from other people what's theirs and you know, abusing it. And th these are opposites of what these movements are doing out there, of what Synergize is being built off all the good that we've already done before to really unify, 
to build these movements and these communities, we have to have the right foundation. Russell Brand's been talking about it, that it has to be a communal responsibility, but it's based on goodness. Even, you know, out there, Russell Brand knows that. And not centralized power with politicians who, unfortunately, their principles and their system has much to be faulted. So if they're given that power, then they're going to abuse it to unify us in the wrong way or force their unity on us, God forbid. And we'll end off the seventh commandment in this class, not to steal. Don't steal. That's the seventh Noahite commandment. So obviously we would say that stealing is something we understand is not a good thing, but the way it comes together with the Stephen Covey is sharpening the saw. And his example that Shmuel reminded me of is, is sleeping well, healthy lifestyle, and for me personally it was review. The way I understood Stephen Covey it was internalization. It's Shabbos, it's the seventh aspect, it's the idea of Malchus, bringing everything together, all the previous ones. In order to do exercise and sleep well, for sure that enhances everything else that we're doing, that we're in a good state of functionality and be the most effective. But how does that go together with not stealing? So this time right now, Elul, Elul is a time where we have the opportunity to build a new year, to build a new you, as Gedalia Fenster brings down beautifully. It's not about the new year, it's about a new you, a new me, building ourselves afresh. So the Elo is a time where there's forces trying to steal that opportunity from us, trying to steal what we've acquired till now. We've acquired all these beautiful mitzvahs, all these beautiful principles. We've acquired a good lifestyle. And the forces of negativity want to take that and steal it for its own use. So the key is now to internalize. The key is right now to become one with these principles and to bring awareness. People should have clarity. People should know what their purpose is and realize this is a universal goal of humanity. And the Jewish people, our mission is to be that light that reminds us of these seven mitzvahs of B'nai Nach, of Noahite laws, that we have clarity from all the generations, an intrinsic truth-based society, that people say that, you know, I've been on recent communities and I have respect for all the people there, and that obviously everything we're doing is with respect. That's one of the things why I enjoy listening to Joe Rogan, even if he's so different to Ben Shapiro, but there's ability to communicate and have mutual respect. That's how we can grow forward as a society through communication, through strong opinions and difference of opinions, but ability to unify together with that. And that's something we all have. Anyway, we're going to end off this long Amuna class. It's going to be 36 minutes of clarification for our time as we prepare for the 36 Siddiquim that come in this week's Pasha. Pasha's Kisavo is hidden within 36 Siddiquims. They're in every generation. There's always these lights. And hopefully I'm going to be by one of those righteous Siddiquim, Rabbi Nachman, and his light will bring Geula to the world of Amuna and Simcha. And hopefully that's the inner focus that we'll have this Rosh Hashanah, that joy. And we'll be able to please God, begin this year with clarity and awareness of who we are and how these principles are universal. This will 
guide policy making, we guide our daily life, our own personal life, the businesses. We have to bring it back to an awareness that this is important now, in 2021, soon to be 2022, that we need universal principles of truth to guide our lives to fulfillment, to success, to happiness. And thank you again for joining us. We're wishing you a Shana Tava and a beautiful rest of the week and a beautiful Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Please